Welcome back to the Castaway Consultants, where we teach future Survivor players how to play the game by critiquing, evaluating, and summarizing current players. I am one of your three co-hosts, Derek Kubitschek, and today we are going to be looking at the finale of Season 44. Absolute banger season. Absolute banger season. He's Ryan told me this like three times, and I haven't been able to memorize it because that's not how I would say it. I would say, absolute banger of a season. I'm joined today in person by two fabulous co-hosts, Josh Wessler and Ryan Stacey. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm great. I'm great. You know, I look back at season 43, and we were all just kind of like baffled, and I think a little bummed out about how the season ends. I'm very happy with this season. I think I can safely say this is my favorite of the four most recent seasons. Yeah, I really stuck the landing. I was concerned, uh, just based on things that I was seeing in the edit, about how this season was going to wrap up. Things that concerned me about just kind of the rewatchability of the season, but now none of it matters. I would agree with Ryan that this is so far my favorite season in the new era. Yeah, and I think there's only so much we can do pre-spoiler, so I'll keep it short. Going into this finale, I had a pretty good idea that this was going to be my favorite season post-Winners at War, and to align myself in congruence with you guys... That's what happened. 44 is my favorite of the 40, post 40 era, the new era, as Jeff so frustratingly calls it. Yeah. Uh, you know, drop the four, add the one, two, three. I, well, I guess we're adding another four now. So, uh, but I kind of just want to get into spoilers yeah. so that we can talk freely about this. That said, if you have not seen the episode, take this as your cue, pause us, go watch it, watch the reunion show or don't, and then come back. After show, not a reunion show. Yeah, I guess, yeah, the after show, because we don't do reunions. Sad no, we day. should. All right, spoiler three, two, two one. Jam Jam wins. All aboard the Jam Jam tram. So that means uh, Derek and I got it right in the end. Yeah, yeah. We're complete equals. Yeah, totally equal in all of this. I, I may lose the survivor survivor pool game every single season by a wide, wide margin. Yep. But at least I picked the winner. So did I. Eventually. <laughs> I, I, I'm here too, you know? Josh, I, I had a good time this season. Josh participated. And here's the thing. When he immediately lost on his winner pick, he still got to participate in the winner picks. I was out of the survivor pool early. As is tradition. As is tradition. All right. Finale. We're here. Final five. Jam Jam is the winner. It's great. It's fun. It was a good, good episode. That's how I feel. Me too. And I feel the need to say it. Production interference was at a minimal following sort of the the merge debacle where it bled into that second episode and really frustrated us. Yep. Basically since the mat boot. But this post-merge being so clean since then has been incredibly refreshing. And it was easily the strongest part of the season. And I I really th- hope that production learns the right lesson. But listening to the On Fire podcast makes me feel like we're not going to. Uh, Ryan does not partake in listening no, to the I On Fire podcast. To, listen to Jeff any more than I have to. Uh, and maybe we can touch on this a little bit more during our Jeff Watch yeah. ses- session at the end. But I just wanted to say I've strongly enjoyed this post-merge and how clean and how pure it, it's been from a gameplay perspective. Yeah, and I think that's really come through as well, just in not only our entertainment of it, but just the conversations are being had is so less focused. And we even get, you know, someone like Carson that uh, mentioned it in confessional, like he's trying to have his game not involve idols and advantages. And that ended up happening for quite a few people 
nearing the end of the season. Uh, and, I, and I think that just made it all that much better. Uh, should we jump into this thing? We got a lot to cover. Let's yeah, get into do. it. Funnel 5. We get sent to a new island. Who cares? But there's an idol hunt um, that isn't going to pay off at all. No one finds this idol. And you know what? Hell yeah. I'm it here was, for it. It was great. I, I, I always love the shot where everyone is so close and they don't see it. Yep. We got uh, a lot of that. Reminders to rookie players. Everyone could have used this camera person to their advantage to help them find the idol yep. if they were just a little more perceptive. Apparently, the camera people do mess with the contestants, though. Like they'll point at nothing. And because people do do that. So it's a little harder than we, we make it sound like, as is everything. We're just saying it's an option. Yep. Be aware of it. Keep that in mind. Because they will have someone near the idol. They will. If they, if they stop following you, you are way off. So keep that in mind. And Lauren talks to everybody else about taking out Carson. Yeah. That sounds like the right call. Yeah, it sounds like a good plan. <laughs> For everyone except Carson. Yeah. yeah. I think Carson agrees with that. Oh, no. Carson wins immunity. Yeah, well. <laughs> and I want to note that we didn't have that advantage ahead of time uh, challenge to earn an advantage in the final five challenge. Good. Good. I'm here for it. It feels good, man. Very, a very advantage light finale, given that one, no one found the idol, and two, we didn't have the, the extra just random hunt that went around. Yep. No, instead we got people who were actually talking to each other. Now, now, did we have that in 41 and 42 as and well? And 43, yep. I knew we had it in 43, so yep. to give props where it's due, I like the pivots from production this season for the most part. Kip? wasn't here mm -hmm. for example the threat of kip was here and that annoyed me but so this was just another another step in the right direction so i i just want to at least acknowledge that yeah yeah they, they learned some things from 41 42 they did and some 43 did. and 43 because in an hourglass and stuff has all gone to carson's gonna win this immunity challenge and he gets to take one person on reward with him he takes jam jam which again ends up being a good move and i, I thought it was to begin with i just think Carolyn was less likely to flip than Jam Jam might have been. Talking about it just for a second, when I was watching it live, my first thought was you're giving, if you're Carson, you see Jam Jam as probably your biggest competition. Mm -hmm. So isolate him from the camp so that he can't go idol hunting and maybe Lauren or uh, Heidi or Carolyn can find the idol and basically force the issue and send Jam Jam home and then Carson doesn't have any blood on his hands. That's kind of what I was hoping. That doesn't seem no. to be what the intent was, at least not what we were fed. If if that had been his goal was to prevent someone from finding an idol, he should have taken Lauren. If Because Lauren was the person Carson wants out. Take Lauren on reward. Everyone else can find the idol. Yeah, and let's talk about that for a second as well. Do you guys agree that Lauren should be the person that Carson wants out? Not based on edit. Yes, but only for Carson, because I think Carson knows that he beats everyone at the end and his best chance is against Heidi and then Tika members. Yeah. It seems like Jam Jam is really the only person that's close, but it just it doesn't seem like it would really matter if Carson is in there at the end. So might as well take out the wild card option of having someone who has a lot of jury connections sitting there who has also actually had some vocalization of being a threat, yeah. uh, however serious that might have been. Yeah, I, I think Lauren is a decent enough player to she was poorly edited not shown a mm -hmm. whole lot so and who knows that it could have been completely different if she did end up making the final three yep, totally jam jam wants to go carolyn carson wants lauren out carson's got immunity jam jam he's gonna cave and, and decide to go with carson to take out lauren i mean it works out pretty well for jam jam yeah uh you know at the time for for jam jam i think he's probably right that sure. carolyn would be an okay like move to take out here he would just have to know 
that, you know, Carson probably will be put into fire. So then who's going to be that second person? Is it going to be him, someone else? Carson's got to lose in order for you to win. Yeah. But I think Jam Jam probably would have beaten everyone else too. Like maybe, maybe question mark to, to Lauren. Question but mark to Lauren. Who knows? So back at camp, Heidi kind of lays it on thick. She's like, wow, Carolyn, I'm surprised Carson didn't take you on reward. <laughs> I love that. Good move, especially to someone like Carolyn. Always play that up. It's great. I wow. wonder what you're trying to do with this. And the girls, they all talk about voting out Jam Jam. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. Solid plot. And Lauren's like, hey, Carolyn, Jam Jam was gunning for you last time. That's what he told me to vote. So it's just like, okay, we're setting up the seeds for Jam Jam to go home. Definitely Jam Jam won't survive this and win the game. So Carson and Jam Jam come back. And Carson's going to, you know, once Lauren walks away, he's going to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to vote for Lauren. It's got to be Lauren. Carolyn, who is sitting right next to him, goes, I think we need some more Tika on the jury. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> and, you know, segues are weird, but I think this is the first time now in the finale that the contestants sort of organically bring up the idea of jury makeup. And that's why when I'm thinking about Carson targeting Lauren to go back to that a little bit more, he's seeing all of the Ratu members on the jury and thinking... Yeah, I was on Ratu for a bit, but she was there longer, and they might sympathize much more intensely with her game and how she was able to prevail over the Tikas. And Carolyn is saying, man, we need more people who are best friends with us on the jury, almost indicating she wants Jam Jam there. Yep. And she wants Carson there so they can both vote for her at the end. This is a good move for you, Carolyn. But don't say it out loud. (laughs) He said the quiet part out loud. (laughs) Stop doing that. And maybe if you wanted more flexibility with that, you should have started last vote. So one of the big things with Carolyn at the final tribal council is we're going to talk about how much like, yes, she's an emotional person that doesn't impact her gameplay. Except. But it does, though. Sometimes it does. She lets all of her emotions go. And I would almost argue that it's like kind of letting your emotions control your decision making at times. Like, yeah, it's good to be in tune with your emotions, but at the same time, like, you shouldn't be saying every thought that pops in your head. Like, there's a difference. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's kind of part of the reason Carolyn loses. I I agree. And historically in Survivor, when we talk about these people making it to Final Tribal Council, we oftentimes see the people who were too impersonal, too robotic, too cutthroat. So that's why they don't win, because there are drawbacks to being entirely strategic Mm -hmm. and not focusing on the social side. There are also drawbacks to playing with your heart on your sleeve, not being really good at keeping more than a single secret. And she kept one secret to her credit. I give her all the credit in the world for her idol. And and I love how she played it. But that means that you aren't looking very intentional. It means that you're looking like you're a little more loosey-goosey with how you are constructing the jury, your relationships, the dynamics that connect it all together. So... Well, I say that Carolyn is a wonderful human being, and I understand why, for for sure, Twitter is entirely endeared to her, and she deserves it. It's it's just another one of those players that you look at that you love that isn't well-suited to win the game at the end. Carson and Jam Jam talk to Lauren, and they're like, hey, maybe we should have her vote for Carolyn just in case she plays an idol. And she doesn't really go for it. And Jam Jam and, and Carson talk some more, and they're like, okay, maybe we put a vote on Heidi instead. You know, all, all good ideas to be thinking about. So at Tribal Council, it's really interesting because Lauren says no one talked to her and she thinks she's going. But Heidi and Carolyn are like, no, we talked to you about not doing that. 
And so I, at the time, we were thinking like, oh, it was Lauren putting on a show to play the idol. She'd pretend like, oh, no one talked to me. Ha <laughs> ha, I played the idol. Because the edit did kind of whoop de wop us yep. a little bit where she's standing under the tree. Looking for the idol. Yep. She doesn't find it. So we kind of thought like, okay, she's just playing up this this for show. And Carolyn and Heidi are messing it up for her because they, they're clueless. But she didn't find the idol. So I guess this was genuine. She really didn't feel like she was being included in the actual plans, which she wasn't. Yeah, that still doesn't make sense to me because it seemed it I mean, we we got actual confirmation of this conversation that happened, seemed really solid. You even have uh Jam Jam and Carson saying it you got weird vibes mm-hmm. when you come back to camp. So like I can't imagine that it was genuine just because it doesn't make sense to me. So I don't really know what she was trying to pull here. Since she didn't have the idol, that at the very like it it just confused Carolyn yeah. more. Uh, I don't think it changed her mind at all. I think that you know going into tribal at least Carolyn was gonna vote for Lauren, and that's what she ended up doing. But it, you know if there was any doubt in her mind, this is something that could get her to change and flip and go the other direction just because it's she doesn't feel comfortable in it. Yeah, I I think this is genuine. That's all I can think. That's all I got. I, I think it's just a, a difference in perception. I think that Lauren's perception of the situation is accurate. She probably noticed, yeah, people aren't exactly having long conversations with me tonight. And I think that Heidi and Carolyn are correct in saying, yeah, we did have a conversation about something that we should do. But given where everyone's at in the game, it's it's possible for these things. And, and honestly, if everyone's playing well enough, they probably should clash. These stories shouldn't align perfectly. So it's going to be three votes for Lauren, one vote for Jam Jam, one vote for Heidi. Jam Jam put a defensive vote on Heidi in case of an idol, which is great, but the, the rest of the majority voted for Lauren. This was the wrong move. Jam Jam, you have him. He does. He, he wins the game or he doesn't win the game. You can stop it. Yeah, and I, I'm not sure what Twitter said on this particular vote, if the right person went home. But from game theory, Carolyn should be flipping to side with Heidi and Lauren to vote out Jam Jam. Yeah. Or, or Carson, whoever doesn't win yeah. immunity. Like Carson had Ely, but he won immunity. He's off the table. Co- correct. Jam Jam. Correct. So that's what gives her the best chance at the end, which by default makes it the best move for the most number of people. Yep. Yeah, and 61% of Twitter said that, yes, it was the right person that got okay. voted out. Wow. Okay. We'll see you at uh, Twitter. Has to stay for the rest of the night because they're they're wrong. Yeah, on we'll one. see. We'll see. <laughs> Spoiler: It's not going to go great for Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Twitter! How does it feel to be bad? <laughs> yeah, ultimately, you know, apparently, it seems like the gap is larger between Jam Jam and Carolyn than what I originally thought. Yeah. You know, I thought it was a lot slimmer, but who knows what ends up happening? Just butterfly effect if Jam Jam goes home here, or if Carolyn goes home here yeah so ultimately it seems like it's the wrong move or if carolyn drives a vote to send jam jam home here i think that changes the jury's perception of her entirely regardless she needs him to go home so let's get into best and worst player of the final five i know we normally do episode but this is the round of play we're going to do the final five here derek start us off who is the best player of the final five there's only two options and i landed on carson because jam jam was thinking maybe I should take out Carolyn. That's what he seemed to want to do. Carson got what he wanted, and I do think that Lauren was the person who was... I mean, it's either between her or Heidi for being bigger challenge threats, and Carson's best way to the end, given that he's the front runner, is to just win out. So I think that's another good reason for him to target Lauren. If all else fails, take out the biggest physical threat and then try and win your way to the end. It's the easiest way to do it. And he won immunity and probably saved himself in the process. So I I gave it to Carson. Yeah, I think it's slammed on Carson uh, Easy. for all that stuff. 
Honorable mention to Jam Jam, I think, but yeah, Carson. Uh, worst player, Josh, who you got? I'd Carolyn. She needs to take the shot. Uh, you know, I'm not going to give it to someone like Heidi because she's screwed <laughs> already. So I'm going to give it to Carolyn since she needs to take out, you know, her biggest threat, which is Jam Jam. Yeah, who knows? Lauren might beat you at the end, but you probably have a better shot against her than someone like Jam Jam. I also gave it to Carolyn. You know, it, this is taking out Lauren is a bad move for Carolyn and Heidi. What distinguishes or di- differentiates between the two of them? Carolyn caused some problems at camp for saying, hey, we should put a Tika member on the jury. What? <laughs> Why would you say that? So because of that, that's the tiebreaker for me. Carolyn is worth player of the final five. I had Carolyn. I've got nothing more to add. All right. Should we get into the final four? Final four, baby. Immunity challenge. It is Simotion. And Heidi is going to end up winning this one. So Heidi has final four. She gets to pick who's going into fire and who's going to the end. Oh, wait. She says she might put herself in, which we had been saying, you know, if Heidi's smart, she might put herself into the fire-making competition, and then Heidi says that to Jeff, and I think we all felt very smart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems like it's a no-brainer just based on, like, from our perspective, the edit and everything like like that. It's like, yeah, Heidi, you're going to get demolished in the final three if you just stand pad and just kind of take it how it is. And and you know what? I, I want to take a second, because we've been really, really hard on on Heidi mostly because of the edit surrounding her and we also got a little bit from her I, I believe it was on Twitter this week where she said I purposely wasn't giving production a ton to work with you know that's a real rancher Rick uh Danny Boatwright yep, move stealth bomber move which you know that means you're not going to get invited back correct uh, but it does mean that you have an information advantage in some small way but because of that the edit hasn't really given us a, a very good narrative to that would, that would lend credence to her winning. Heidi does not say die. And I just want to say I respect that because there are certain other players who have taken third place on seasons and they may or may not have been from Minnesota who just kind of laid down at the end. And like again, get that bag. I understand why you want third place. But Heidi says, no, I'm going to do everything I can in this moment from here on forward to try and win. So I just want to acknowledge that, yep. Heidi, thank you. And I, I, I love that you're considering all options. And I mean, we're going to get there. And, you know, she's ultimately going to sit for fire. So good for Heidi. You deserve all the props in the world for at least swinging the bat. And it doesn't get her third. She yeah. gets her second. He gets her second. Like, yeah, <laughs> I think it makes a difference. That makes a difference. Yeah, that's, I, it's got Danny's vote. I, I don't think Danny votes for her if she doesn't do that. No, I, think that I don't proves, think so. I, I think that proves that would have proved to him that she, in fact, did only ride coattails the entire time. Yeah. So Carson is the biggest threat. He's got to go. He's also the worst firemaker. Cool. Easy. Put someone in who's good at firemaking. Take him out. Great. Jam Jam decides to start giving Carson pointers. And I was just like, oh no, Jam Jam, are you going to like tank your own game? That's not going to happen. And it's a great human moment. It's wonderful television. It is a terrible move. Never do this. Never do this. There's a funny moment where Jam Jam says to the camera, is it a bad move? I'm not worried about whether or not yeah, it's he, a bad he move. He doesn't care. But like, if you have to say that, it's, it's, a, it's a bad. It's move. a bad move. A, a little part of me was thinking like, Jam Jam knows Carson is screwed regardless. Like he knows that Heidi's just gonna obliterate him in fire making because he can see how bad Carson is. So if he improves Carson's fire making ability from being a one to being a four, it, great, good for him. It's not gonna matter. Um, yeah. Regardless, still don't do this. Now, if if he's right, he gets Carson's jury vote because Carson's going out of the game. But remember that. And that is exactly what is going to happen. He will get Carson's jury vote. How much of was this Jam Jam being a nice person or was he playing 5D chess? We don't know. 
We'll probably never know. I'm just going to chalk it up to what Jam Jam said. I think it was just a human moment. I don't actually think there was much calculation in this uh, in this at all. And we also can't forget that Heidi did the fastest fire ever, and Carson had a good fire going. Like, mm-hmm. he was not mm-hmm. that far behind. It was a solid fire. He could have won. You know, put him up against Becky or Sundra in Cook Islands, and Carson wins. <laughs> Ouch. Just didn't pull out the matchbooks. And we're going to go to lighters. Everyone gets a Zippo. <laughs> we're going to go to rocks. I'm done with this. <laughs> Everyone gets a flamethrower. <laughs> Go. All right. Napalm. Napalm. So Heidi is going to take on Carson. He's gonna. She's going to send Carolyn and Jam Jam to the end, and she is going to duel Carson in fire and win with the fastest time ever, beating Gabler by, by seconds. Three minutes, two seconds is the new record. Heidi gets to the end. Carson is gone. Yeah, and we kind of brushed over it a little bit, but everyone other than Carson seemed to be wizards. Yeah. At starting, at least getting the uh, the spark to They're light. Quick draws. It felt like a western. Like they, <laughs> even the music. It's like that moment where you're introduced to the gunslinger who does something crazy, like shoots an apple in midair, something nuts like that. And it felt like that. Just the quick draw getting fired. Like, oh no, we're done. Magic. And there are things we can criticize the edit for this season, certainly. And, I mean, Josh has been the first one to touch on all of them. I almost feel like it's been a focal point for you this season. Uh, it's been, like, Jam Jam's got his through line of, you know, you write my name down, you go home. Josh's through line is, this edit is confusing and frustrating. <laughs> but I really did like the way they edited this because they were even showing how the poor technique was contributing to Carson not being able to get actual sparks off of the flint. And all the other three, I swear, we had slow-mo shots of just these expert level flint strikes that just send magnesium showering into the bramble so i was like yeah carson's in big trouble and this is your reminder to future players learn how to make fire and learn how to use flint properly before you go well yeah because he says in confessional i was able to do this without any problems at home so i don't you know whatever fire making kit you might get to, to try to make sure that you're learning how to make fire at home, try to make it as similarly as possible to what you'll get on Survivor. Get the worst machete. Like, take a machete, go That's beat rusting. it. Yeah, go beat it on a rock and leave it sitting out in the rain for a little while and then get the cheapest set of flint that you can find and then start the fire and then you're prepared. Now, I want to remind everybody that get rid of fire making. Yes, that does not change my opinion on the final four fire making situation. The good news, and I take this, this actually like heavily contributes to how much I like or dislike a season, but I think vote or fire, Carson's gone here. So I think mm-hmm. that also helps, like, yes, the, the right person goes home. Mm-hmm. But yes, Heidi defeats Carson. Carson's out of the game. Uh, best and worst player of the final four. I'll go first. For best, I have Heidi. She wins immunity. Gives it up, which is something we're like kind of against in general, but she needs to do something. So why not throw herself in there, destroy Carson, get the new record, and probably gets herself second place by doing this. Heidi's my best. I've got no notes. It's Heidi. Yep. That's all I got. Worst player, Dirk. I don't have one. I think that this all happened the way it should have. I really wanted to put none, but there's a small, 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 small bump to Jam Jam here. You know, call it a human moment, call it, who knows, maybe he was thinking in terms of jury votes uh, and trying to get uh, Carson's, but regardless, you don't know who Heidi's going to pick. Heidi might pick you to go up against Carson, and if you helping him just tanked your game, you would have no one to blame but yourself. Yeah, I'm going to go off results-oriented thinking here, um, because you're both right, but I'm going to go with none, just because I think it helped him with the jury vote. 
if things had broken differently, it would be a different story potentially. I don't. I don't think. Ultimately, I don't think it mattered. I think he would have gotten Carson's vote regardless. Maybe. I respect that there was something out there to knock someone down a small peg for you. And this Josh. is coming. And this is coming from someone who. Very commonly in the past, just gives out a nun. Yeah, dude, you love the abstain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're both right. Let's go that way. Yeah. Yay. We're all right. We're all right for <laughs> once. Uh, and as far as, like, uh, Heidi's decision on who to put in fire making, Twitter was kind of split. Um, you know, 59% of Twitter said that, no, the, mm-hmm. the right people weren't put into fire making. I'm not really sure. You know, Twitter has limited poll options, so it, uh, I'm not really sure who they would have put in if it was wasn't Heidi and well, Carson. it doesn't matter because they're wrong. <laughs> Maybe like Heidi versus Jeff Probst, and then Jeff Probst gets fired out of the game. Cool. Maybe go. that's I, the right call. Like, Everybody I, wins. Like, like, what does Twitter want here? I don't except I don't... Jeff Probst, but not everyone can win. <laughs> Sorry, Jeff. All right, final tribal council. Let's do this thing. Jam, jam. Carolyn and Heidi. I love this final three. It's a good final three. I'm so glad it didn't end up being just one Tika member at the end. We get to hear from the jury beforehand, and they kind of talk about how Jam Jam is a very socially aware player, and they say nothing negative about him at all. <laughs> and we're all like, oh, I think Jam Jam's winning. Uh-oh. <laughs> For Heidi, all I could say is, like, she made a big move at the Final Four and didn't give up. And Carolyn's like, she used her emotions in a, in a good way and was genuinely herself and underestimated. Cool. So let's just talk about, like, broad strokes, Final Trouble Council. Basically, Jam Jam just kind of talks about, I think his best answer is, like, how he used emotions to play the game. And he's like, I used your emotions against you. I got to know you. I made genuine relationships with you. I got to know how you responded with like the twinkle in your eye and stuff like that. So later when you lied to me, I could tell you were lying. And it's one thing if you're just feeding this to the jury and they don't believe you. But as one of our lead-ins to Final Tribal Council, Kane said, Jam Jam can read your body language from across the beach. I think he actually said, if you fart at the water well, he's going to hear about it. Jam Jam was correct that people perceived him as someone who was very astute with reading body language. And if you can use that to your advantage to understand where the vote was going or how you then know how to leverage different fissures and different relationships or different rivalries, absolutely. I mean, that that pretty much guarantees you having the most strategic game left in the final tribal council. So I mean, that was fantastic. I agree with you. That was his best answer. And I think that's the best way you could play is social strategy. Social strategy. I think that's the best way to play Survivor. Jam Jam's got that in spades. And, th- and that's kind of what he focused on. And then the other part of it, Heidi tries to criticize them for being like, oh, you guys just rode Carson's coattails and you let him be the brains of the operation. And that's why she went into fire to take him down. Like, that's what we wanted you to think. Uh, both Jam Jam and Carolyn say, we use Carson. We made him kind of our meat shield with brain shield. And then we bickered with each other to make ourselves look weaker and less unified than we actually were. And everybody's like, oh. Dang, <laughs> you got us. And I think Jam Jam also uh, mentioned using Carson for information yep. because people just just inherently trusted him uh, so much more for whatever reason. Uh, and then, you know, that information naturally would come to Jam Jam and Carolyn as well. So, you know, I just think Jam Jam did such a good job articulating his game while also just kind of like downplaying the other's games. Mm-hmm. You know, Heidi, all she really has is that she used Annie as a meat shield. And then did vote him out, or tried to, and then made the fire making challenge, which, you know, she's going to get Danny's votes for that, so that's something. And found an idol. And and found an idol, misplayed it. And then Carolyn, you know, Jam Jam points out, like, she didn't need to play her idol. It wasn't the big move that... I'm, I'm so glad that Jam Jam brought that up. And basically, she and Jam Jam played very similar games, but Jam Jam just played it better. 
And so that's what ultimately does it, I think. Jam Jam went to the end with two people he played better than. Yeah, and I want to I wanna zoom out a little bit because oftentimes these decisions get turned into an original tribe affair. Mm-hmm. And Tico went into the merge down in numbers. It was four, four, three. Tika had three. So when you see Heidi sitting there at the end, she's more of this result of mutually assured destruction that Ratu and Soka absolutely fell into the trap of, while Tika was happy to ride the seesaw in between. Her being there is almost axiomatic. It's evidence unto itself that no one from Ratu or Soka deserves to win the game. Like, I'm not saying she didn't make moves. I'm not saying she didn't play hard. I'm not saying that every move she made was bad, even though a lot of her decisions were very, very questionable, in my opinion. That is just the natural conclusion to that story. It it seemed to me foregone that uh, Atika needed to win this regardless. I think this is just more, more evidence, and we said this at the merge, uh, this is the Matt Singh situation. At the merge, the tightest group will win. Numbers don't matter to the tightest group. Tika 3, outnumbered, outgunned, outmanned. <laughs> and yet, they were the tightest group. And they made the final four. Mm-hmm. We, we said it a lot going into the merge and shortly after the merge. That they, like, yeah, pair along with Tika if you're Soka or Ratu for the first couple of votes to make sure you're not the decimated tribe. Yep. But don't wait too long before taking one of them out because yep. they will be there at the end if you're not careful. And and because this is the theme of the season, I, I'm not going to share it now, but this played very heavily into who my worst player of the season is. It is this theme of who's creating cohesion amongst their voting block and who is sowing discord. So I'm, I'm excited to talk about that in a few minutes. So it ultimately ends up being seven votes for Jam Jam, one vote for Heidi from Danny, zero votes for Carolyn, which is sad. But and none for Gretchen Wieners. And surprising. I really thought she was going to get, you know, one or two. Uh, I, I wasn't going to be surprised if she got like something like three or four. Yep. Um, but at least like one or two. I really thought even like, uh, especially like Franny was yep. going to vote for her. And we saw her like questioning in the voting booth. I think she came in wanting to vote for Carolyn. Just Jam Jam gave you like probably a top five tribal council performance. Yeah. And, and Carolyn didn't really do anything badly in yep. uh, at fin- final tribal. It's just Jam Jam just made it so you couldn't like vote for someone else and that's the thing if you go to the end with your ride or die person and they played the better game you're gonna get steven fish back to jt and i i'm not gonna say that i understood carolyn's game better than carolyn but i think i have a way for her to get one or two votes it's the thing that i've been saying to our lovely listeners for the past six seven episodes brandon danny at the summit you said nobody respects my game i'm here you're there. I did it. You didn't. I played the idol to make sure that my alliance was safe. You're out. If you don't think that I'm playing the game for real, I think you need to reflect on how you perceived me coming into the merge and how wrong you were. I think one that gets Franny's vote because she would have so much respect for mm-hmm. Carolyn that there's no way she couldn't vote. And I think that maybe someone like Brandon, who is a little bit more of a free agent, and maybe Danny, who just put the vote on Heidi, maybe they do flip. I, I don't know. I just I, I really wish they would have shown it. And if she didn't say it, I really wish she would have because it's a big point. Yep. I think she was just so kind of set with how her message was going to be just at Final Tribal. It was very focused on, you know, not necessarily being respected or, you know, uh, beating expectations, overcoming, you know, really having her emotions be in the forefront of just her perception. And it didn't really get past that. It didn't really get into the strategy side of it, past any of that. And it's really unfortunate. Now, 
a lot of the strategic things that she attempted were not executed well or just kind of failed completely. Uh, so, you know, she'd have probably have a hard time backing up some actual like individual moves, but we know that she does actually have some of that knowledge to be able to think strategically at least. So I would have liked to see her kind of lean a little bit more into that. So James Jim wins. That means Derek and I both win. Oh, uh, yep. yep. We, got, we got our winner pick right. Josh does not with Carolyn. Yeah, it's all right. I was looking heavily, heavily, heavily into the edit and I was wrong. And I'm I'm glad to be <laughs> wrong. Not Nothing against Carolyn, but I'm much more satisfied with a Jam Jam win here over someone like Carolyn just because I thought he played a really good game compared to her. So the question next is, who would we have voted for? As best we can tell, based on the jury um, and based on the players, like, Best we can guess, who would we have voted for? Uh, Josh, kick us off. Uh, it's Jam Jam. If I wasn't one over before Final Tribal, he crushed it. His answers were actually compelling. We get a lot of times at Final Tribal where it's a lot of just nothing that comes through. It's a lot of just like cliche responses. You got a couple of those from like Heidi tonight, but Jam Jam was not that way. He was very, very descriptive in how he approached the game all the way down to the twinkle in the eye. That was really the one that got me. It would have been impossible not to vote for him. I want to point out, like, he made the jury laugh. Like, he told jokes. And I think that's a great way to go. Uh, humor is a good way to win them over if you can do it. Uh, I would have voted for Jam Jam as well. Um, based on my how I vote, I would vote Jam Jam and Heidi. They each won one immunity challenge. It's physical, so tie there. Socially, it's Jam Jam. I know Carolyn got a lot of praise for hers. I think she would have driven me nuts out there just based on who I am. So I think Jam Jam would have my vote for social game and strategically, absolutely. So Jam Jam wins. Sorry, before you go, Derek, yeah. uh, just out of curiosity, because it did come up in just kind of the open discussion, they were lumping together like the physical side of the game, the challenges with idols. Do you ever think about it in that way? Because I'll wait, I'll play out last. They're kind of putting idols in the realm of outplaying. Um, yeah, just the way that this, at least this jury, talked about it in that way. Sure, and Jeff too. No, I kind of, because, you know, that's one thing to find it. It's one th another thing to use it right. So I put that under strategic for me. Okay. Physical is just immunity challenges as far as I'm concerned. I don't factor in reward challenges at all because usually you should throw those. <laughs> so the only thing I look out there is immunity wins. And I ignore fire making because it's stupid. I see idols as a hybrid affair. I think finding an idol, especially without a clue, that's outplaying and then using it correctly is outwitting. And I think that's more important. But there, there is it's, it's duplicitous. So... I would have voted for Jam Jam as well. But I think the more important question here, and Ryan, I know you wanted to talk about the state of the Survivor jury a little bit. So I'm going to use this as a segue. If I'm sitting on this jury and we're having sort of an open forum discussion, I really wouldn't want to pull any punches. This was a very friendly jury. And I understand that that's kind of a – it's becoming a staple of – uh, the, the season 40s of Survivor is a fairly positive jury, even if there is a little bit of arrogance and bitterness baked into, let's say, I don't know, season 43 or whatever. I would have come into this and I would have probably told Heidi flat out, you were not a big player on a tribe that came in as a powerhouse that lost all of its power. I'm sorry. I'm voting for Atika tonight. Carolyn Jam Jam, I'm really interested in your stories. I want to believe that I would go in probably a little bit more closed. And then if she can open my heart a little bit, cool. I'm open to it, but I want to see the jury 
treat them more like they're on trial. Like we're always talking about the survivor resume. I'm like, no, 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 they're a jury. Talk about the trials that you survived. This is, it's more like a courtroom than anything else. Like this is a referendum on what you've done since you got to the island. It's not just, it's not a resume, it's a trial. What were your trials and how did you prevail? So I want to see more of that from the jury and we're, we're, we're almost too friendly. I, I want to see some diversity. Get and, angry. It's a million dollars. And I think it does depend on who the final three is. Like, I mean, they all seem like really friendly people in that too. Like no one really played a super cutthroat game, at least at least not like in your face cutthroat. So I think that does have something to play into it. I, I will agree though, it was it did annoy me a couple of times that every single time uh, you know, they'd be talking to let's say like Heidi about like some of the things that she did, like it would almost like they would almost always have to reassure her, just like, Oh, but I really liked that you did this. Uh it's like, oh okay, but you're obviously not going to give her your vote because you don't respect her game. Like, it doesn't always have to be 100% positive all the time. I like the positivity. Mm. I'm a big positivity guy. I, I know you are. Uh, and, you know, I may not come off that way on the podcast. Uh, I'm probably the most negative of the three of us on the podcast, but that's because I can't stand Jeff Probst. Uh, <laughs> and my my whole one of the whole reasons I wanted to do this podcast in the first place is because... Before the podcast, when I would, like, read about Survivor the next day, I wanted, when I was pissed off about something, I was just like, I want someone to match my energy and be mad at Survivor. Uh, that's what I really wanted to hear. So I kind of try to bring that energy to the people like me out there who want to vent. They want someone to, like, the, all the problems, they had to vent their grievances out there. And that's that's kind of what I try to do with the podcast. If I'm, I, you know, Carolyn, if I'm pissed about something, you're going to hear it. On the jury and within the game of Survivor, I love when everyone gets along really well. I hate when it gets nasty and everyone gets mean. And, and you know, even on the jury, you know, you get your Sue Hawks, the famous. It's just like, you know, yes, it's iconic. Yes, you still get that stuff. And that's why maybe hot take. I'm glad we don't do the speeches anymore. And we've gone to the post, you know, Heroes, Healers, Hustlers. And or I guess it was Game Changers. They did that switch. You know, they do the discussions instead because it leaves less room for angry. I don't want to say bitter. Angry juror members or even angry finalists because i don't like it i don't get any satisfaction out of that i get kind of uncomfortable you know it's, if you look at the amazing race which i'm also a big fan of and i've suggested multi multiple times we should do an amazing race podcast a lot of people love the bickering couple like there's always a dating couple on each season usually who fights the whole time everybody loves that i hate that i was talking to my dad about this he and i are like the only two amazing race fans on the planet who hate the bickering couple i don't want to watch people fight I want to just, like, enjoy this. I want likable people playing a game. And, you know, yeah, but they might stab each other in the back. But at the end of the day, I want everyone to be friends because it's a game. Uh, so I love the positivity. I love that everyone was was not mean or angry or bitter or whatever word you want to use. I love that everyone seemed to be getting along great. And, and that hopefully continues after the show. So I'm here for the positivity. But that said, you did mention after the episode that you do not want juries to be so happy and so positive that Gabler winning fire making automatically wins him the season. Okay, that's a whole different thing. And, and <laughs> we're, just, we're just talking about like the state of the jury. So yeah. it's not all about like their mindset and being super friendly because I, I I love your perspective on that and I think it's really interesting when you talk about matching energy. So if you've got a really positive final three, it only makes sense that they should kind of receive positive vibes in return. But talk about that a little bit because I enjoy listening to your soapbox on this and maybe the listeners will too. Uh, well, part of the reason Gabler won is because he won fire making. Why the hell are we taking that into account? <laughs> no, 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 no. I want every single person from here on out who's going to be on a survivor jury who's listening to this podcast right now. If you were going to go on survivor and 
factor in the person who wins freaking fire making as like this is what will win it for me. I don't want you going on Survivor. In fact, I I would say I don't want you to listen to this podcast, but I want you to listen to this podcast more because clearly you're not listening hard enough. This should not matter. This is stupid, rewarding bad behavior from Jeff in production. I don't want you on my show. You're ruining Survivor. Don't be like Jeff. Get the hell out of here. Do not go on the show. Do not take that new account. Go to hell. I love Ryan's passion on the on the topic, and that's why I goaded it out of him. I admit it. I went fishing, and I, I feel like I caught a fire fish. I feel like the fire making is an opportunity to break a tie, but I don't think that it should be something that is, you know, like chance time in Mario Party, where it's like, you stole three stars. You stole a star. It's more like, no, here, hopefully you get the coin star now you just get a few extra points so if like if it is dominic and wendell right and one of them wins fire making cool maybe that's the reason they won because everything else is the same i i can live with that but again reminder we are not proponents of the fire making get rid of it challenge on this podcast so i i don't really have anything else to add not a fan of fire making obviously i don't think it should factor into your decision even if there's like a tie there's got to be something that you can look for if you're actually in the game that's easy to say like break a tie from a viewer's perspective but if you're actually in the game which who do you like more yeah i would much rather be like who do you like more because that's that's like an actual part of the game Because like strategically challenge based like the, they both found an idol or like whatever it might might be your personal criteria and yes you can have your own criteria and I, th- that that's my personal soapbox is I think that everyone just ends up voting the same because of this jury format but based on your own personal criteria if it is all even at the end okay who do you like more yeah I'd There's much rather have it be a popularity contest than you can make freaking fire. Go on naked and afraid if you want That's to do that. That's a social game. So, social game social is game important. Social game is, <laughs> who do you like? Stupid. What an interesting point, Josh, because you, Ryan, let us know that at the end, this is the fourth 7-1-0 vote that we've had. I think there might have been an 8-1, but basically 0-1 so, rest. Yeah, 0-1 If not clean sweep. Yeah. And so the, but the last four have all been that. So mm. I, be, I believe in season 43, Josh brought up that exact same point. This mm. new jury format seems to be leading to almost an unhealthy level of groupthink. So I, I don't know what the... I, I don't know how I feel about this because I, I don't mind the new jury format, but and I, and I also don't think that sequestered juries are a realistic solution. Plus, I want these contestants to have fun at Ponderosa. This can be a miserable time. Yeah, it's it's so it's so tricky because I don't absolutely hate the, the new format uh, in the way that it is. I just think that you get a lot of leading like leading the witness in this format you got we got it twice with carolyn like tonight they asked questions that were specifically made for carolyn to show to allow for carolyn to be able to articulate things that the jury already knew they just wanted her to say it. it's like no what's the point of even talking about that then you already know the answer to it so why are we even talking about and it we, and we even had Carson Marionetti yeah, in the background it's just the, ridiculous from the jury box. Um, that was pretty funny I, I thought that was fun and, and I do think that it contributes to some of these more landslide votes but i don't know what the solution is because if you're gonna have them all together at ponderosa you're gonna get you, you're gonna get it regardless which is you know that's how juries operate you know they yeah yeah, they do talk amongst themselves and like compare notes and like that's how juries work yeah so i i don't mind it i don't care 
It doesn't bother me. It, 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 it was just more a point of interest because it is a diversion away from what we've seen historically, even in the final three era of Survivor. As long as there isn't anything nefarious going on behind the scenes, like people lying about other people's games, right. which there should be enough fact checking in, in, you know, cross referencing other people's stories to get rid of that. I don't think that it never happens. Sure. So anything that might come through with that, that's the only thing that I could think of. All right. We get the after show, which is pretty standard but i do want to the part where they reveal to everyone that jamie's idol was fake and that magic planted (laughs) it was hilarious because none of them knew and jamie's just devastated it's so good because that was her one big thing on her survivor bucket list that she loved to check all fake i loved it that was great all right you guys ready to wrap up the season well and then also manny yeah, we have Manny. Oh yeah, well, well you know, we've been talking about that all season. Yeah, Fred <laughs> and Manny, Matt and Franny. It's it's a, it's a thing. They're adorable. I, I I just liked how you know the final three had no idea that they were actually together. Like yeah. still to this point, they're like, what? Really? Oh my god, that's amazing. That's so cute. Uh, also, I don't think we have got information about this early in the season, but Carson did not tell anyone that he worked at NASA. Yeah, I think he did mention that he wasn't going to do that. Okay. And so Carolyn and Jam Jam were like, what? What? NASA? Okay. (laughs) Let's check in on the survivor pool because we do have a winner. I mean, do we have to? <laughs> because, Josh, you picked Lauren to be safe at the final five. Yeah, I, I I tried to get a little tricky here and, you know, tried to think about it a little too hard. Uh, and it backfired on me. Yes, it did. Yeah. So I win. I picked Lauren as my, you know, safe person for the first vote and then Jam Jam for the next one. And right away at the beginning, it's either going to be Lauren or Jam Jam. So I knew, well, I'm screwed. <laughs> yep, because I had Carson making it through five. Yep. And so. that's what happened. So I'm the winner of the fire pool this season. Yep, congratulations. Uh, you know, I won last season uh, in our inaugural yep. one. Uh, you won this one. So I think it's safe to say that next year, it's going to be one of us again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I already know what's going to happen. I'm Immediately out, Dirk. Helen's going to get voted out again. <laughs> yep. And no, Br- Bruce worst. will be out. Nightly <laughs> evacuated. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah. Season 45, Bruce is coming back. That's exciting. Surprise. Which we knew about. We talked about it. Well, I didn't know we, he was going to come back on 45. Yeah, and we didn't know when, but we yeah. knew that he was coming back. Or he got invited back. Yeah. All right, let's get into best and worst player of the season. As a reminder, we only count the people who made the merge. I'll have questions for you guys when it comes to worst player, because that will factor in possibly. But let's say, let's do best Ooh. player of the season. Who played the best overall out of everyone who made the merge? Carson, this is mine. I said Jam Jam, because I feel like Tika basically played the same game and Jam Jam made it to the end. Is Jam Jam. I thought about this for a while because those are the two options here. Ultimately, I'm going to go with Carson just because from start to finish, I think that he played the best game. Obviously, Jam Jam won, but I think that Carson had a more well-rounded game. Uh, You can say whatever you want about how much he prepped for those puzzles, but it worked. Uh, And then all the way back to something that I think I criticized him for in whatever that was, the first or second episode, when he chose to go with Jam Jam and Carolyn over Helen and Sarah. Sarah, jeez. Long time ago. You know, I was I was kind of confused. Uh, it, it seemed like it was the wrong move at the time, at least in my opinion. And I was wrong. So I, ju- I just think that he had a much more well-rounded game and very consistent game throughout. Uh, Jam Jam even had a couple of times where we kind of questioned him yeah. on, his, uh, on the social side. Apparently, it didn't really matter. But ultimately, that's why I gave it to Carson. And I'm, I'm going to defend myself for just one second longer because I wanted to go back to this. In, in episode one of this season's podcast, I said that the Helen vote out could very well be an inflection point for this entire season because Jam Jam played chicken with Carson 
and he won. So even if Carson was maybe a more well-rounded player through the bulk of the game, Jam Jam had, if you can call it this, he had the survivor clutch gene that when those key moments came up, he never lost. He never lost. And he gets to the end, and he almost gets a clean sweep. To me, that's exactly what would elevate him above a player like Carson who lost the game of chicken to Jam Jam in episode one and didn't go with the more conventional move to go with like a Helen and a Sarah. And then someone who didn't have the four, he had the foresight to 3D print everything in the world, but then didn't foresee that he would have trouble with the flint and the machete, you know? So it, those are the little things. He I mean, did it, practice and he said he was good at it off the island, but on the island for whatever reason, it, it wasn't clicking I, as well. I, I understand, but that's to Jam Jam's credit that he could obviously do that much better. Sure. So anyway, that's why I had Jam Jam, but I respect the Carson pick. It's still a good pick. All right, let's get to worst player this season. I have questions. Please. Um, mm. Does Josh count? Because technically it was like, oh, you got to earn the marriage kind of thing. So, okay. I say I didn't consider Josh. I'm not going to say I that also he did, I also did not consider uh, Josh. I considered everyone who made the jury and beyond. Okay. So I, I don't know if that helps, but we wouldn't have almost seen him enough in the post-merge for me to really want to consider him. So, well, okay. Well, Derek, why don't you start? I'm going to think some more. Yeah, that's totally fine. I went with Danny. Because the theme of the season is the strongest tribe, the strongest group makes it to the end. And Danny, the entire time in this post-merge, and for a lot of the pre-merge, was just gung-ho on who he wanted to vote out on Soka. It didn't make any sense. And it ended up leading to Tika basically having a free pass to pit Ratu against Soka, Soka against Ratu, Soka against itself in the in the the moments where they should have been the tightest. And he was so proud to be driving all those votes. And you could read between the lines and see that even though he was a nice guy, he was not the guy who was building as much social equity as everybody left in the game when he went out. And that, as I said in season 19 Samoa, is what loses you the game every single time. So Danny made almost no right moves. I like the guy, but he's not very good at Survivor, or at least was not very good on this season. It's Danny. Josh? Strongly disagree. <laughs> I did not uh, consider Danny. Uh, you know, yeah, Danny didn't play a great game. Uh, had Definitely had some flaws, but I think he excelled in some areas. No, this was pretty easy for me. It's okay. Matt. <laughs> Matt sucks at Survivor. Take my entire argument from the pre-merge, copy and paste it to the post-merge. He could not play the game, was blinded by a showman's, mismanaged his votes or lack of votes there. Yeah, he went out really early in the post-merge, but it, it, it was completely of his own doing. How does it feel to be absolutely no help, either of you? Because I didn't consider Danny or Matt. I had three people I'm considering, neither of those two were on the board, and you didn't help me make my decision at all. It's definitely not Matt. It's 100% Matt. Th they voted him out for being Tell me too one good thing that Matt did. They voted him out for being too big of a social threat. They voted him out because he was too likable. Okay. People have won the game for less than that. Why didn't they vote out Jam Jam for being too likable? Seemed like he had a great social game. Um, I considered it. <laughs> You guys are no help at all. Okay, so here are the three people I had on the board. I had Jamie, I had Heidi, and I have Josh. You didn't answer the question if Josh counts. <laughs> so I think because 
the earn the merge is basically the merge. I'm going to count Josh. I'm going to throw him in there. <laughs> so I am going to throw him in there. I think Heidi is terrible at Survivor, but I think she 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 did earn like the best player of the episode of the four because, you know, never give up, never see that attitude. So I'm going to take Heidi off the board. Jamie was a weird one, and it's really hard to judge her because the idol was fake. So it's just kind of a weird situation, but I don't think she's very good at Survivor. There was definitely st- huge strategic holes. I think she was kind of annoying, but it seemed like she was pretty well-liked in general. So I'm going to go with Josh. <laughs> you know, the, the low-hanging fruit here, but, you know, going back to everything we saw with him, nobody liked him. Everyone wanted him out, and he was terrible at the strategic side and especially terrible at lying. I think there's a lot of not great players on this season, which made it fun, but I'm going to go with Josh as my worst player of the season. If nothing else, us having three different answers supports our argument that this was a highly flawed cast. Very messy. Super Mm. entertaining, very messy. I loved every minute of it. Gabon-esque a little bit at times. (laughs) Very Gabon-esque. Much better, more competent winner and final three in general, but dang, is this messy. (laughs) Well, let's check in with Twitter. What did Twitter think? Did the right person win this season? Yeah. So according to Twitter, asking if the right person won Survivor 44, 57%. What do you guys think? They said no. They said no. They said no. They wanted Carolyn to win. Uh, Yep. They all wanted a Carolyn victory. But honestly, not as heavy as I would have expected. You know, Jam Jam's obviously the right choice. We all agreed on that here. Yeah. Uh, And and you can have your own opinions. That's fine. Uh, Listeners out there and Twitter users. But yeah. Most opinions are accepted. 57% said no. And I want to touch on this a little bit because we had a couple comments in there. We don't have to spend more than five seconds on each of them because I've read them in advance. Uh, yeah, we did get a, uh, actually quite a, a few questions and interactions that we can bring up at some point. But specifically in terms of this poll here, uh, you know, someone responded on Twitter basically saying, Jerry can't be wrong, uh, essentially saying, yes, the right person won by default because of that. And then there's another response basically saying, there's they're wrong a lot. Uh, Survivor Samoa is a prime example. Really ironic that De- Derek actually brought up Samoa today on the podcast already. So two points here. Part one, jury can't, uh, the jury can't be wrong. Okay, that's why we changed the question, because originally we asked who should have won, and we changed it to who we have voted for. Valid. Mm-hmm. It's your vote. Yep. Second point, to the person who said uh, they're wrong a lot, see Samoa. If you still think... <laughs> oh, God, here we go again. Season, you know, what, it is season 44 of Survivor Just Wrapped Up. If you still think Russell Hand should have won season 19, you're an idiot, and you clearly do not understand Survivor at all. Or at least listen to this podcast. <laughs> because you should have figured out by now, if you're a dick, you cannot win Survivor. <laughs> if anything has been proven true since season 19, Russell Hance is a dick. See season 20, Heroes vs. Villains, for more evidence. If you have not comprehended that, I don't know what to tell you. You need help. Because you cannot be a dick and win Survivor. Period. Natalie White earned that win. Because Russell Hans sucks. That was more than five seconds. I love yeah, it. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I, love, I love it when Ryan gets unhinged. It's great for the podcast. <laughs> I enjoy it. Good times. Thank you, Ryan. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> All right. Jeff Watch. You know, every season we like to check in with Jeff, especially in our Rewind series. Has Jeff changed, evolved? Is there anything different with Jeff? 
I feel like I'm going to step aside on this question because you guys have been listening to the uh, uh, the Jeff Probst podcast, so go ahead. Yeah, this leads more into the meta a little bit, and I want to invite Josh into this segment with me because we've sure. both been listening into the, to the On Fire podcast. But first, let's talk about the on-screen persona. I feel like 44 has just been an extension of what we saw with 41, 42, and 43. A little bit more touchy-feely, a little bit more nostalgic, maybe a little bit more cathartic. He tries to add or build onto this grandiose idea of Survivor being this life-altering thing that, as he would be proud of me saying right now, is also a game. Not mm. just a game, it's also a game, but it's a million dollars. So, I, you know, I don't mind that. Sometimes it distracts from what's going on, but I feel more times than not in that role, it's additive. It's as a producer where we have our biggest issues. Enter the On Fire podcast, because... If you haven't listened to it and you're a Survivor Super fan, you should probably listen to it. And I know in time, Ryan will listen to it. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it's because Ryan already understands a lot of the I understand Survivor stuff. better than Jeff. I don't need to listen to him. And we, and we have brought up a couple of things to him that Ryan has basically said, oh, yeah, I already know that. <laughs> yep. So the On Fire podcast has really given me perspective into Jeff's line of thinking. And mm -hmm. I feel like I'm going to sum it all up into, I, I think it was maybe the third from the last episode of this season where he said, I would rather over innovate and go out with a bang than fizzle out and die. So basically leave survivor alone. And then basically it gets canceled because he was complacent. This feeds into this notion that I've always had about Jeff, that he really just wants to be a showman, and if nothing else, he wants fireworks, he wants it bigger, he wants it broader, he wants more fire. And we all, I think, on this podcast understand that the allure of Survivor is actually stripping down away from all the, those distractions, because everyday life with social media and the internet and television and CGI in our movies, you know, getting away from, like, special effects even it makes it more impersonal and what draws us to survivor is that personal aspect understanding that jeff is almost knowingly moving away from that or severely discounting the allure of the core fan base is disheartening for me i understand the need to to innovate but i think you can innovate without losing the core of something and it has been more disheartening than heartening to listen to from that respect i love the behind the scenes stuff i love the the knowledge that i've gained i certainly feel more like a super fan now than i did before but insight into how jeff views the game my least favorite thing he said on the podcast this season was i don't consult with outside sources when considering what to do with survivor we have our producer's room and what we decide in there is really all we consider and i'm thinking there's a lot of people who love your show <laughs> More than you do. I, just taking into consideration what the core of this product is that's gone for 22 years might be a good thing. And I do like that on some of the questions that he's taken on the podcast, he's genuinely said, I'm going to bring that to the boardroom. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put it on the notes. We're going to try and find a way to work that back in. It sounds like we're going to be getting the Survivor auction back sometime I soon. I would bet the auction comes back in the next three seasons um and and he also said that he is going to start saying that survivor is not just a game he's going to start saying that it is also a game he, he thought that was a fair point of criticism because it was taking away from the fact that this is a game for a million dollars um it's not all about making friends so uh more frustration than good but i want to give nods where i do see the good and i do see that he loves and cares for survivor very deeply it's just not in the way that i want him to it's not my game show you know not the way he should <laughs> 
Yeah, he definitely, like, for how much we rag on him, like, he, he does take it very seriously. It's just not always with the same vision as what we might have. Uh, I've been loving the Needs behind glasses. I've, I've been loving the behind the scenes and, like, learning about the process of how everything works for the show. That's been my favorite part. It is kind of frustrating that when, like, the comments of why he sucks comes through, he basically acknowledges it and then says... Well, I'm basically still going to just do it anyways. Yeah, I know you guys told me about one. And I can't remember what it was, but he was just like, oh, my first response to that is like, why do you still watch Survivor? And I'm just like, F you, Jeff. F you. Why do you still watch Survivor? Because I love this show and I recognize what it can be. You're screwing it up, not me. <laughs> What's, and I was telling, I tell this to Ryan every week. These uh, The last like three or four, Jeff, this is why you suck segments on that podcast we, the first half of them, I'm always like, oh, this is Ryan, because I know that Ryan sent a message that was pretty scathly, uh, it was a scathing review of Jeff. And uh, to put it lightly, probably. <laughs> yeah. And every time he's like halfway through, it's like, Jeff, you're gaslighting the audience. Jeff, you're doing too much. You're losing the core uh, fan base. You're getting away from the spirit of the show. And I'm like, oh, this is 100% Ryan. And then it was somebody else. But the fact that you've got like three or four of these messages in a row that are coming in from passionate fans. Hopefully, if we keep layering it on, the message will sink in eventually. It seems like it's been, I mean, at least just from, you know, beginning of the season to the end through that podcast, it seems like it is a little bit. I'm A little bit. The crack is tiny, but the, it, the door is slightly open. Keep sending in hate mail, everybody. You'll <laughs> yep. know it's me yeah, when the exactly. person at the end says... You know, some people say, still love you and love the show. If, it, if it's like, go F yourself... Signed, Ryan Stacy. <laughs> Earlier on, they had a couple of really mean ones, and I think they moved away from that like halfway through. Like They kind of did like a half and half, it seemed like. Yeah, mine will never get personal besides the fact that you're ruining the show. It will never be like insulting to Jeff's person. Sure. It'll be like, no, you just have no idea what you're doing, and you're actively ruining the show. Uh, weather report, anything anybody wanted to mention about that? There's really nothing to talk about. I mean, we're in Fiji. The podcast tells us why we're in Fiji. So that was an interesting yeah. thing. Yeah, that was actually that I, I actually really enjoyed listening to that because it's more logistics than yeah. anything. Well, and and when he said that there were some governments, I think it was mm. like one of the Africa seasons that said like pay us double or we're not letting you take your footage out of the country. I'm like, oh, that's why we're in Fiji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I get it. That said, move somewhere else. Also, and their crew is like a hundred times the size of yeah. what it used to be. Yeah, Four hundred people. Or she, so. I did not know it was yeah. that big. Yeah. Okay, should we take some questions? Yeah, so we did get uh, quite a few questions, engagement, and all that stuff. Uh, first of all, before we get into ones that are really relevant to the finale, I just want to kind of give a quick shout out, thank you, basically, to uh, some of the people that I we've been talking to in uh, like specifically like Instagram DMs, Twitter DMs, outside of just what's going on this season, talking about some previous seasons of Sur Survivor and how they're coming to find the podcast and really continuing to enjoy watching the show that's i think my favorite part of it is just hearing those types of things so thank you very much for having those conversations and letting us know if we've really impacted your survivor watching this Absolutely. entire time my favorite messages really quickly are the ones saying i'm from a different country english is not my first language i watch u.s survivor because i love the show and i'm trying to learn english and you guys are my accompanying english-speaking podcast to help understand survivor better but also help me learn english that's a really cool thing for me yeah. so 
if that's true for you, because I know that we do have a fairly worldwide audience, like we're not huge, but we are broad. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank we're, you. Call us Pitbull because we're Mr. Worldwides. Ayo. It's <laughs> the dumbest thing you've International ever said. International love. <laughs> that's not even the dumbest thing I've said today. That's true. <laughs> okay. This is from Blake on Twitter, but uh, he's asking... Is the ideal strategy now to just try and get to know everyone, be likable, and excel in the social game? Really talking about the modern era nowadays. He says he asks this because uh, in no way Gabler or Jam Jam wins uh, before the post-COVID seasons. Uh, you know, kind of have a, a few things in there. I, I want to talk about this one because... The Rewind series has been my lens into Old Survivor. The social game has always been the most important aspect. Getting to know people and being likable has always been the most important thing in Survivor because people want to give a million dollars to their friends, not to their enemies. They're looking for a reason to give the million dollars to the person who treated them the best. So while I agree that only Gabler can win in post-Winners at War, given the situation, Jam Jam in this situation, I think, wins 100 times out of 100. Yeah, no, the the social game being nice, being friendly, all that stuff, that's always been the most important aspect of Survivor. Uh, you know, Gabler, it, it's a weird situation, but Gabler could win before all this, before this new era, because he was a nice guy and everyone liked him. Yeah. Not if it was before fire making. <laughs> a lot of this is stuff that's come out since since we recorded yeah. the podcast, because at the time we talked about there has to be more to this social game. Yeah. But then we kind of see in the meta later on that the jury was really like, oh, well, he won fire making. So that's influenced the opinion yeah. post recording that it's less evergreen, but the ideas in there are still true. Yeah. You know, they wouldn't have voted for him if they didn't like him. You know, if there was the fire making was the last thing to push it over the edge. No, um, and, and Jim Jim absolutely could have won like every season ever. Uh, this mm-hmm. is this is not some new idea. This has always been the case. You know, you, you, it's a little harder to tell with someone like Richard Hatch, but Tina, Ethan, the earliest seasons, Tina, season two, Ethan, season three. Nice person. Game over. Game over, man. <laughs> uh, and, and he did actually follow up, too, because I did respond getting some clarifications. And he said, it may be the edit directing him, but I still feel like those going after resume building moves are more likely to be targeted nowadays because most people that play are fans. Uh, he says, I guess I'm asking, what is the strategy to win modern Survivor? Be really nice and likable and talk to people and vote out threats. And I'm going to go a little bit further and say avoid production hazards. Yeah, don't mm, don't there, fall into the traps. There are sand traps and water traps all over the place on the, the golf course of Survivor now because we need fireworks and we need to over-engineer things. So I'm going to say, like, early game is now about surviving the game and the later and, and build relationships and bide your time. Hope that you don't have absolutely something horrible happen to you that's out of your control and then play the best game that you can play, which is just some good old-fashioned Survivor. And I and I don't think it's necessarily strictly a modern Survivor thing. It maybe it, may it depends on how far back you consider modern. It's not just a new era thing, but maybe modern Survivor, yeah, where the big threats are being voted out before the end. It, and, it, and, you know, to some extent, it's always kind of been that way uh, outside of, you know, the first dozen seasons or so. But... You know, we're seeing it so frequently now that it's really that second wave that is those are going to be your your end game people as long as they make it past fire making. Uh, but we're seeing everyone who are the big threats 
peak too early and get out at like seven. That's a big problem. People are going to want to make your moves. You're going to get impatient, chomp at the bit to make a move. And guess what? You're not going to make it. To it, it it's a redefining of what is a big threat because now people are so worried about building a resume. Everyone's watching for that resume. That makes you the new threat. Yep. It, it's survivor whack-a-mole. Don't get whacked. Yeah. And and since it was mentioned about the the everyone being fans, it does seem like, according to Jeff's podcast, that they're going to keep going that direction yeah. because he loves having fans. So it's not it's not just going to be a modern like it's not something that's going to go away. No. Uh, so you have to be ready to play with a bunch of fans and know that they're going to be targeting those big threats. So play accordingly. All right. Next up from. Patty on Twitter, uh, do you think the jury got enough information before they voted? It felt like it was over so fast and they didn't dig down enough. So, so first of all, uh, Patty, we love you. Thank you. Thank you, Patty, for the question. Final Tribal Council goes on for a lot yeah. longer than what we see on the episode. Jeff did say on his On Fire podcast that modern Final Tribals don't go as sorry he said modern tribals don't go as long as his historical ones because he's gotten really good at just accepting that he's not going to get as many answers so whereas it used to go two hours he said now hour maybe hour 20 and final tribal council is no different they probably talked for a little bit longer marianne's win jeff actually said that he got tired because they were talking for so long that one went over two hours but they're gonna let him talk until they're satisfied they they don't so Jeff doesn't decide like, it's time to vote. It's, it's when the players are ready to vote. He says that, you know, because it's, it's an edit. But yeah, they, if, they, if they're not ready, they're not ready and they'll keep going. One last thing I want to get into before we, we close things out here tonight. Uh, most memorable moment of the season. And we just finished. What do you guys think is the most memorable moment of the season? For me, I think it was Matthew falling off the rock in episode one. Yeah, it's it's hard because this is so much easier. You know, when we're going through our rewind yeah. series, because I'm thinking, you know, five years back or however long, maybe only like a two years back. What has really stood the test of time? I think Matthew's rock is going to be up there. I think that... You know, something from Carolyn is going to make it through. You know, the one that pops in my head right away is one of those first conversations that she had with Carson and Jam Jam, where she's basically saying, I'm not normal. She tosses the leaves above her <laughs> yeah. head. And, and then lays down, on the ground. Sits down mid-conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So out of all the Carolyn-isms out there that it could be, it, maybe it's just the shrieking during a random challenge. I think that's going to be the thing I remember from Carolyn is just like the, the Carolyn shrieks because everyone knows exactly what her frustrated playful shriek sounds like at this point and man i don't know if they she actually did it exactly the same every time or if they just had a great wilhelm scream as copy paste sound bite <laughs> that they just pasted over her struggling i don't it's like know. coach's eagle <laughs> <laughs> um and i also i'll submit the showmance as well because matt and franny are adorable i, I was I, I was thinking about the showmance as well I, there's just not a singular moment for one that one yeah the closest we have is uh matt coming to tribal council and going to jeff can i offer you a papaya in this trying time <laughs> in these trying time <laughs> i think about that a lot <laughs> <laughs> all right that does it that's survivor 44 we made it so uh some housekeeping stuff coming up next so normally i have a rewind series in the chamber ready to be released within a week you know two weeks after the finale we don't have that this time because derek's wife is in grad school so we didn't have time <laughs> so there it'll be a few extra weeks than normal before you hear from us again but coming up next will be the season 26 caramoan fans which is favorites two Get hyped! (laughs) And not that hyped. Yeah. But yes, we will be doing Derek's last season, the last one he has not seen. 
We will finally be doing that. So that is the next thing you will hear from us. But that'll be a little more than two weeks. That might be an actual month this time just because we haven't started yet. Yes. And for, you know, people wondering, you know, are we going to keep going with the rewinds? Yes. 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 We're yes, going to go through it. Please just bear with us because, you know, we have to watch through these yep. seasons, talk about it, record it, work through all of our three different people's schedules in order to make it work. And, you know, we blew through a ton during COVID and we're coming yep. up on 26, like Ryan said. But that still means we've got another 13 or something like that left to go. Something like that. Uh, so there's there's plenty more to come. Yeah. And we just don't do it during the regular season. Like yeah, we, we we don't watch multiple seasons at yeah. once, so we wait till the off season to do those. Yeah. So yes, they will come. They'll probably be maybe three this summer. Hopefully, objectively, we might get 26, 27, 28 done. We'll see. Um, but yes, so Caramon will be next. Social media. Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CastawayPod. Send us, you know, like I said, those messages, replies, anything like that. And, you know, we can talk about stuff on the podcast. We just told you that we're going to be going over season 26. So if you want to reach out, uh, any questions ahead of time, if you're familiar with the season, want us to talk about anything, absolutely let us know. If you are looking for some video content, you know, the our full podcasts are uh, posted on Facebook and YouTube after they're edited. And then we do kind of uh, do some some clips and fun stuff every once in a while uh, and on TikTok as well. And those three are just Castaway Consultants. Oh, uh, homework for us, uh, the three of us, before we get to 26. Can I throw this one out here for the fans? So this is a fans versus favorite season coming up. Ten favorites. So the homework assignment I have for us is we have to cast our favorites tribe. Five men, five women. From season 16, the first fans versus favorite season onward. No one from before that. And they can't have played... Uh, returned yet so it's, you're saying we can't do an, like one of the the favorites from season 16 we we, we can only pick from the fans yeah side. we can only pick from the fans yep. first time returners all 10 um and only from season 16 through 25 love it so that's the homework assignment i would guarantee we'll probably get about two that match <laughs> i have heard yeah it's I, not I, great i've heard things <laughs> i cannot wait to see I, i'm predicting two from each of us Maybe, maybe. You know, if you know, if you take the uh, the over under on two point five, it's definitely take the under. It doesn't help that you know a majority of this stretch is made up of the quote unquote dark ages. A lot of not so good seasons in there. But yeah, that's homework assignment. Anything else, guys? No, thanks again, Ryan, for being the editor of all of these episodes and managing to put them out the day after so he deserves his plaudits and his roses so if ever you're thinking that ryan is a little grouchy just remember he might even just be a little tired i guarantee you it's because i'm tired this is <laughs> this is not a play and stop and post podcast there's actual editing that goes on because i'm sure as everyone who listens to this knows there are those other podcasts out there and they're way too long <laughs> we like flow all all love to the survivor community what we're trying to do is streamline it as best best we can because we know that everyone out there is as busy as us if not more busy and there's a lot of survivor uh, and thank you to everyone who listens to us we appreciate it we had some good numbers this season so anyone out there who who does take the time to listen to us and engage with us and all we really really appreciate it so thank you once again to the fans yep we we exceeded our growth expectations but please tell one friend about us so i've got homework to do for season 26 my homework for you guys is to find one more person who loves survivor and just just suggest us you know don't don't push us if they're just looking for for someone maybe that can be us we can be your friends who love survivor as much as you do you know, next season is, is fans versus favorites. But you know what? Our fans are our favorites. Aww. <laughs> As 
That's the okay. That's that's not the dumbest thing you've ever said. <laughs> On that note, this has been the Castaway Consultants. Got nothing else for you. Good night.